Welcome back to First Lady and Friends. We are here today with a guest that I live with. <laughs> really excited. Thanks for joining me, love. Yeah, it's, it's great to be with you. Um, it's it's fun to live with you. And that was not the introduction I was expecting. Great stuff. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the podcast, my loyal listeners, this is Governor Spencer James Cox, um, a.k.a. Uh, my husband. Yeah, we we went with the full middle name. That doesn't happen very often. So not, not, we just blew past the initial and went straight to the middle name. So now you, bet, now you, you know. Bet. Now everybody knows. It's no secret. Um, but we thought it would be fun today. Well, I did. I don't. I don't know that you thought it would be all that fun. But today, it's always fun to hang out with you. We could have had this conversation at literally at home on our couch, but now we're having it for all the world. All the world. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit today about NGA, National Governors Association. You're, ah, the, okay. you're the brand new chair. Yeah, so we're, we're not doing the marital advice. I, I thought I mean, different podcast. I mean, yeah. let's do it. No, Josh, we're good. Josh thinks we should do it. <laughs> National Governors Association it is. Okay. I mean, as fun as that sounds. But let's get into it. We should probably do a little life updates. Let's talk a little bit about what our what our life updates are. Last time you were on, I forget. It's been a while. Long but, time, yeah. We had. We had but let's talk about weddings. Uh, we did have two weddings. Uh, two of our sons, uh, number one and number three, were married this spring in March and May. Kind of a crazy time for us. Uh, first first weddings in our family. Really entering that 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 new phase, that different phase, right? That uh, that I I don't think either of us thought would ever come as. as we were changing diapers and and uh, doing that thing, but but here we are. It's been it was a great spring, a very expensive spring, and uh, very expensive we spring. had to forego any summer vacations uh, because of that. But that's okay. We it had just some great meant more work and and some great uh, great times. We we did have have a little bit of travel. We had a uh, we had a trade mission and, uh, and a military mission. So we had a couple of days in Morocco and then uh, and then a trade mission in Paris and uh, and London. Great work there. Uh, work. I mean, early mornings, late nights, um, dozens of meetings, but very successful. And and I think it was good for for our state. Yeah, it was fun. We had uh, Stephen Lefevre on talking about it with World Trade Center, and um, yeah, it was a great time. Um, great weather too. Weirdly. Yeah. For June in in Paris and London and Morocco, a little not. hot in Paris a, a couple times, but uh, but London was just delightful. Uh, no yeah. no rain, just perfect. Yeah, perfect Great weather. weather. That was nice of him to do that for us. It was. I, I appreciated it. I let the uh, you know let the powers that be that we met with uh, with the uh, the administration there. No, so yeah. we we did have some great meetings with some uh, s- some of some of the cabinet members there, uh, and uh, just uh, working on transportation issues, uh, working obviously on economic development, and ha- had several companies that were with us from Utah. They're looking to expand their footprint in Great Britain, and and more importantly, connecting uh, businesses in Great Britain to Utah who who are wanting to expand and, and come over here. Yeah, yeah, we've had a great summer. I mean, it's we haven't done anything all that fun, but no, no, but that's okay. That's uh, you know, we'll we'll have fun when we're done with this job. That's right. that's, that's how it works. <laughs> no, it's been great. Um, some I think you know, I think for us personally, you know, we had a milestone. Our youngest 
had her first kind of real job this summer. She did, yeah. Kind of great. Sixteen years old, she can drive now. Uh, she had a had a real job, uh, gainfully employed. Uh, it was a, again a, a big change, but a, a very positive change. I'm, I'm a big fan of of uh, kids being able to work uh, as, as teenagers. I think that's that's such an important stage and the opportunity for them to learn some life lessons as well. So, yeah, really really proud of her stepping up and uh, and doing great work. Yeah, it was fun. She's she was working at the Jewish Community Center, um, spending all day with two to five year olds, and it's great for anybody. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She she learned a lot of life lessons uh, she this, this year. I think she thought at the very first week that she wasn't going to make it, but <laughs> she survived, and and the kids survived, and uh, and she made a lot of great friends, and and really she loves kids, so that was she that does. was fun for her. She does. She's fun. Um, okay, so. Do we have any other life updates? No, I think that's that's probably the uh, that that's probably it as far as the uh, the, the life updates go. We we did. I mean, if you want to transition back to NGA, we did spend some time in uh, in, in DC and uh, and then and then uh, Philadelphia and and then went from there to Atlantic City, uh, a place I never really wanted to go. Uh, it's and it's, kind of don't want to well, go back. No, it was it was great. We had a wonderful <laughs> time in in Atlantic City. That's uh, we love our friends, uh, the the Murphys, uh, Governor. Murphy. Murphy and and the first lady there, just Tammy. They're really really great people, and uh, he was of course the chair of the National Governors Association. I was the vice chair, uh, the incoming chair, and they uh, they they held the the annual gathering, summer gathering in uh, in in their home state uh, there in in New Jersey, and it again very such a fascinating place, and we had a we had a good time. Uh, it's always good to come home, and uh, we're excited to be hosting it next year. Yeah, yeah, it's right going to be really cool. Great state of Utah. So I think um, we we've I've alluded to it a little bit on on the podcast in previous episodes, but um, we National Governors Association. Let's talk maybe a little bit about what it is, um, why it's important, uh, why do we care. About sure. NGA. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it, it's an organization that's been around for a long, long time um, for, you know, I don't know, 100 years, however long, long time. And it's a bipartisan organization. So Republicans and Democrats working together. I think that's why it's so important. It is a, a, one of those rare forums where people from opposite sides uh, of the aisle, different parties actually come together uh, to to find solutions. And and we do. It's it's fascinating. Governors are are different. Uh, Frank Luntz, the, the famous pollster, is called Governor the, the the last adults in the room when it comes to politics, and I think it's because of our, our ability to uh, to work on on issues that are important across the states. The, this this very Republican, which we live, this idea that uh, that that states would be the laboratories of democracy, that they would share power with the federal government, that we could learn from each other, that we could you know literally try things that work that don't work, uh, copy each other's ideas. That that still happens. Uh, it still happens there. It, it it's uh, I, I learn you know I. It, from from Democrats, they learn from Republicans. Uh, potholes uh, are, are not partisan. Things like uh, like uh, mental health, the mental health crisis we're facing, and social media, not partisan issues. Uh, there there certainly are partisan issues, but we're able to navigate those. We also have an incredible staff at the National Governors Association that that works to, on these issues. And so, if you are if you have a problem in your states, an issue that you want to work on, they uh, they have their eyes on all fifty states and so they can share with you what other governors are doing and uh and and help work through that uh give you research uh it, it's it's 
just a, a wonderful organization. And we're very, very fortunate uh, to get the opportunity to, uh, to lead that organization for a year. Uh, again, there's, you know, there's 50 governors and uh, that, that means you, you only get, you know, depending if you're in office for four years or eight years or, and, and half of those are Democrats and half are Republicans. So, so really um, not many opportunities. And, and Utah has, uh, has been very fortunate to probably have more, uh, more leaders in the National Governors Association than any other state. Uh, it was interesting. Governor Murphy, he was the first governor from New Jersey to, uh, to hold that position. Um, and uh, Governor Herbert held it. I've held it. Governor Levitt held it. And, uh, and I think a couple more if you go further back. So it why, just, do you, why do you think that is? Well, I, mean, I, I think it's, it's, it's a, definitely a respect that, uh, that other governors have for our state and, uh, and for the great things that are happening here. Uh, you know, I, again, I, I don't think it's because of me personally, but I think Utah is just held in such a high regard when it comes to our ability to work across the aisle to solve problems. Uh, you know, we have a great economy and uh, we don't get everything right, but we're, we're willing to, uh, we're willing to have those conversations and lead those conversations. And, uh, and so I think that's, that's one of the reasons. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, we've had some great opportunities too to, you know, like you, you talked about briefly about the Murphys, um, their, their initiative last year was all around um, mental health, youth mental health, and then uh, and then Tammy Murphy ran a, an initiative that was uh, parallel to the, the mental health one um, that the, the governor did, and it was around maternal and infant health. And we talked um, with Sharon Eubank in a, po- in a podcast just recently. Um, she was on First Lady and Friends talking about um, how important – the humanitarian effort of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is across the world as it relates to maternal and infant health. And they're working really hard on that. So these are issues again, that are, that we've worked on. And, and then I guess for, for my part, it's been relationships. I just find it, you know, and, and, and listeners of the podcast know that I love new people. I love different points of view. I love to, to hear about people's stories and, you know, I think one of my favorite things has been to, to get to know other governors and first spouses across the country. Um, we met some, you know, we've, we've just, you know, the, the Stitz, uh, the, the Oklahoma from Oklahoma, the, the Moors from Maryland. Um, there's just been some really incredible people that we've met and that we've worked with and um, it's kind of one of those things. It's kind of like when moms get together and you, you kind of commiserate over the shared trauma of motherhood. <laughs> so governors and first spouses get together and kind of share the, the trauma of, of leadership. Sometimes it's heavy and, and there's only certain people that understand you know, specifically what you're going through. And I think that's been really powerful, don't you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I've loved those relationships and getting to know people when we have a new crop of governors that comes in, uh, hearing their stories and how they got elected again, whether they're R's or D's. Uh, you know, one of our, our favorite governors is is Governor Josh Green uh, from from the great state of Hawaii. And, and you know, as soon as I I heard the news about what was happening in Maui, I mean, immediately texting him, he, he was at a family reunion, actually got on a plane and was headed back to to Maui uh, I was texting with him last night uh, just uh, just uh, as we see the death 
toll climbing. And, and uh, there was an article yesterday about uh, a significant portion of those are likely kids uh, who were who were home, and not in school, and uh, you know parents may have been at work, and and no, you know, anyway, it's just it's just terrible. But but to know that uh, that we're all one step away from those types of uh, of terrible uh, tragedies, and natural disasters, and and the weight that he is feeling right now uh, as as he deals with that, and to know that he can, um, you know, he can share that with us. That there are others out there that that uh, that feel a little bit the way he does, and we're just so lucky to have great governors in this country. It's uh, again, it is one of those places where we we tend to look a little bit less partisan, and uh, and and, and and hopefully that that leads to uh, to better outcomes for for the citizens of all these states. I you know I'm happy to share. Uh, we're we're not that competitive. Uh, happy to share the good things that are happening in Utah, some of the good ideas that we have. And and I'm not you know I'm not too proud uh, that that I can't learn from from my other governors and when they do something that's better that where they're performing better than we are. Love to steal those ideas and uh, and take credit for it. So it's well, it's yeah, and and share. I mean, you think about even just the example of of um, Governor Green in in Hawaii, and you know, this is probably one of their first experiences. Well, certainly his. He's a, a newish governor, but Hawaii doesn't really uh, deal with wildfires too much. And you know, here in the West. We've dealt with this. I mean, we our little town of Fairview. When you were the county commissioner, we we were evacuated, and and so we we can share a few things like that with him. We can commiserate, and and we we like to do those things. Um, those are it's just anyway, it's a good connection, and and we love it. We love our association with with the governors and first spouses across the country. Um, but I want to talk more about the initiative itself that we're going to be doing this year. Um, the craziness that's about to unfold <laughs> with us. And uh, it just, it's a lot that it entails. Um, it's a, a great opportunity for us to serve in this position and be chair of the National Governors Association, but it also requires. Um, quite a bit of work. Yeah. And so it's just what we do. Well, we're, we're lucky again to have a great NGA team and, and to grab, have a great team here on the ground. And, and I think this is important that what we do is to share the best of Utah with the, the country and, uh, and, and to always take those opportunities when we can, that's, that's good for Utah. And so uh, of course, you know, our, 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 most of our work is still here at home. And, and this is just an opportunity to add on top of that. So we'll, you know, we'll cut back on the Western Governors Association and we'll, we'll cut back on the, uh, the Republican Governors Association so we can focus a little more of our time on, on this one. But, uh, the, the, the uh, it's always a hard decision. Every every governor gets to do an initiative for a spouse, and that that initiative, as we talked about it, we have a lot we have lots of different ideas. We were, you know, we were thinking about doing something around healthcare and reducing the cost of healthcare. Something we're working on here in in our state. Uh, we were. You know, we were looking at energy policy, uh, something I've been very critical of the the, the Biden administration, um, our, our reliance on uh, on on foreign entities, especially hostile foreign entities like uh, like China and Russia when it comes to our critical minerals and uh, and the things that we need to do. If you if you do care about the environment when it comes to electric vehicles and uh, uh, solar panels and, uh, you know, just nuclear energy, all of the things that we need to do to produce cleaner energy. And we're outsourcing that to other countries. And so that, that was something I was, I really wanted to focus on, but um, ultimately uh, we, as we looked at the biggest problems our country is facing, we, we just realized that we can't solve those problems uh, in, in the, 
environment in which we find ourselves today with the, the, the toxic disagreement that's happening across the country, the, the hatred that we're seeing online um, from, from top to bottom, from you know, the, the highest levels of, uh, of public office uh, throughout Congress uh, and, and, and you know, at the local level, at the school board level, uh, and, and, and just neighbors, uh, this, this, this idea that, that we can hate each other and ever get to solutions is, is just crazy. And so we, we, uh, we took the, the leap and decided that we would, uh, we would focus our initiative around healthy conflict. And uh, we came up with the, uh, the, the, the idea of, of, of disagreeing better. Um, so this uh, hashtag disagree better is, is all about the, using the latest um, data and science, we've been working with policy labs out of uh, Stanford and Duke and, and Dartmouth uh, and and the work that they're doing around what they call depolarization, right? So the, this uh, there is actual science around it, behavioral science that talks about how we can lower the temperature in, in the room. We'll, we'll probably have a little time to talk about that science, but how we can, uh, we can figure out that how, how to disagree in a way that doesn't lead to quite honestly civil war. I mean, that's, that's, that's what we're talking about. And, and that's not just hyperbole. I mean, again, experts are telling us if we continue down this path, that is absolutely where we are headed. And, uh, and we, we have to make a change and we can the good news is we can make a change. We know how to do it. The, the, uh, again, the research and the, and the data is pretty clear. Uh, but, uh, but could, you know, our conversation with, with these experts was could, could governors, could this platform of uh, uh, this, this bipartisan organization, could we try at least over the course of the next year to be a catalyst where we're, um, we're changing the conversation, we're elevating uh, the, the, the disagreement? It, it's not about, and I want to be very clear about this, it's, it's, it's absolutely not about we all have to agree, we all have to get along, you, you know, just be nice to each other, be kind to each other. I think all of that stuff is, is important, but that, that is not this. It, it really is about profound disagreement, passionate disagreement, but, but disagreeing and, and conversing in a way that, that first of all, again, doesn't tear down, uh, doesn't tear us apart, uh, but more importantly, it's, it's about getting back to persuasion. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a conservative Republican because I, I've thought about this and, I, and, and I've practiced it and, and I believe, I've, I've seen it, that, that our ideas and our ideals, while not perfect, and we certainly haven't cornered the market on all the good ideas, um, it will lead us to more prosperity and to more unity and, uh, and to more security and, and, and just to more happiness and a better, a better country. I believe that. And I want to convince my friends who don't believe that, but I can't do that when I'm, I'm just constantly attacking them and tearing them down. And that, that's what's happened. Um, our, we, we've gotten out of the business of persuasion uh, as, as a country, uh, as, as politicians. All we're trying to do is, is, is placate our base and uh, and that is leading us down a very, very, very dark and dreary path. Yep, for sure. And I want to talk more about what we're, you know, what's ahead for us and, and how we're going to accomplish this. And we'll do that when we come right back. We're back here on First Lady and Friends, uh, me and my 
husband. Sure, <laughs> like, that works. I was waiting yeah. for. I was trying to figure out another uh, fun adjective. I, I and wondered where you were going with this. <laughs> like, know. shorty, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> Spencer James Cox, the governor. Thank you. The great state of Utah. Uh, we're here talking about the National Governors Association chairship. Uh, our initiative, what we're gonna, what we're gonna try to work on this next year, um, in addition to everything else. But let's let's get back into it. It is about disagreeing better. It's about, and that's literally the title of our initiative is disagree better. And um, we, it, it's gonna, it's gonna be cool. I'm excited because I think people are tired. I think you and I have traveled and we've we talked to people and. We talk about an exhausted majority. I just think there's people that are – I mean, you see it. You see it in your families. You know, when when you see the fighting, you see it in your communities. You see it in your neighborhoods sometimes, and and it's exhausting. You see it on social media, and it's it's not fun. <laughs> I think it's not great, but people do it because there there's some psychology around why we – why we do it and why that, you know, there's a lot of um, dopamine hits that outrage machine. And, you know, it's, there's, there's some psychology around it, but it can be really exhausting. I think I'm to the point where I'm completely exhausted of, of the vitriol and the contempt. Um, We see it. We, we're often the, the recipients of a lot of contempt, and so it can be it can be really exhausting. So let's talk about maybe just get into exactly how this how we're going to address it sure. through the initiative. Yeah, I, I do want to. You mentioned the psychology though, and I think we should probably talk a little bit about the psychology. Uh, there, there's so much to go into, and I, I won't do all of that. But um, one important thing that uh, that the science has recognized is what happens is there's there's kind of this spiraling effect as a downward spiral or or I guess an upward spiral spiral as tensions increase. And what happens is that um, when when one side thinks the other side is uh, ignoring democratic norms and, and doesn't care about democratic norms and willing to destroy institutions, then your your tolerance for doing the same uh, increases, the, the average person. And so when, when you think, you know, again, as a Republican, if you think that Democrats are, are constantly trying to destroy uh, our country and, and our democratic institutions, then you're actually willing to destroy and and uh, democratic institutions to to counter that right you you're willing to ignore democratic norms um if you can show uh, and by the way, this is called the perception gap, uh, and it's it's very well documented uh, in lots of different ways. But so so basically, if you if you survey Democrats about what they think, and then you survey Republicans about what they think Democrats think, and vice versa, so you survey Republicans about your beliefs, but then you survey Democrats about what Republicans believe, it turns out there's this huge huge gap that. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Republicans think Democrats are all just just extremely far left, basically on um, the most extreme leftists, and 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 Democrats think Republicans are extremely far right. However, again, when you look at their actual responses, we're not that far apart. Um, and and so when when you can show that uh, that the other side actually does care about democratic norms, then you start caring about them again. And and so that's that's when you talk about what we're going to do. Uh, Stanford ran, ran a very interesting 
interesting study last year. Uh, they, they, they took hundreds of, of what they call interventions, and uh, a lot of them are videos. And uh, they, they showed them to over 30,000 people, and then they would survey them before and after, and uh, they could kind of figure out which of these uh, interventions had the, the, the biggest impact on lowering polarization. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, we did a, a uh, we did a video uh, when I was running for office last time uh, with my opponent, uh, Chris Peterson, the Democrat. Um, and some of you will remember it; it did go viral. We had this we had this uh, we had this video where it said, "You know, I'm Spencer Cox, and I think I'm a Republican. And I think you should vote for me." And he said, "I'm Chris Peterson. I'm a Democrat. And I think you should vote for me." And uh, it, but but there are some we disagree on a lot, but there are some things we agree on. You know, we 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 agree that we can uh, that we can disagree without hating each other that we can you know that we we will um we will observe the uh, the the results of this election and you know the that kind of thing that was one of the interventions some professor at at the university of utah sent it in to uh to to uh, stanford and they they ran it and it they found that it had a big effect on reducing polarization. Um, just as an aside, I, I will tell you, and you should all go Google this, uh, the, the video that was most effective was actually one, uh, I think, that came out of the, the U.K., it was a Heineken ad. Uh, it was a it was an ad for beer, uh, but very differently. It was a long form uh, social media post, and they had people come in who were very different. They had interviewed them beforehand, interviewed them on video, knew that they were completely different. But then they sent them in a room, and they didn't know each other, and they had to build like a, a bar, like an IKEA bar and then to put some to, furniture together that's going to try anybody it is yes so they had to figure out they had to read some instructions together and build this furniture together and then when they got done they said okay um now uh they, they came back in the room and they said hey uh you guys can sit down and have a drink together but first you have to watch this video and uh they they would watch the video about the other person and they found out like they should hate each other like they were so different and uh, and then they asked the question. They said, "You can walk out of the room right now, or you can sit down and, and have a drink together." And uh, they sit down and have a drink. And uh, even just talking about it, you can feel the emotions of it. Uh, it was really powerful. And and I think it's what you're trying to do. It's this idea again that proximity and coming together. If you take the politics out of it, we find out we have so much more in common, and we actually like each other. So that was another one of the interventions. So what we've done uh, again, getting back to to your question about where what we're going to do. Uh, we we launched this with Governor Polis, uh, who is my vice chair, uh, the Democratic governor of Colorado, a wonderful human being, a great friend. Um, we're, we're very different in lots of ways, uh, but but similar in others. And and so we um, we did uh, a video together that we released, sitting around a kitchen table, um, talking about how how families could disagree better. That we need to start in our homes. Uh, that you could you know, your MAGA uncle and your woke niece, how to, how to have a conversation with them. And uh, it was very well received all across the country. And uh, we, we are asking other governors to do something similar with someone in their state or another governor, somebody on the other side of the aisle. We have a, at least a dozen governors that are lined up to do this right now. And uh, in fact, we're out filming the first one today. Our team is out there filming the very first one today out in Indiana. We're excited about that that one. Uh, shout out to Governor Holcomb, who's just a, a, a just a wonderful governor, great Republican, and uh, looking forward to those being released over the course of the year as we work together. Um, the, the other thing that the, the NGA does, uh, we have convenings across the country. And so we'll have about four of, of these. We'll, we'll head out just for a couple days. Uh, the first one is in New Hampshire coming up in September. 
We'll meet there with several governors who will join us in New Hampshire. Uh, we'll have experts who will come and speak to us uh, and speak to others. We're, we're going to be doing some cool things at all of these places. There will be a, uh, a model debate uh, that is put on at uh, on a college campus while we're there. Braver Angels, which is another amazing organization. One of the things that's important about what we're doing is elevating organizations that are already doing this work. It's not about recreating things, right? And uh, and so that's going to be a, a really big deal, helping uh, on college campuses where far too often we're canceling voices, shutting down voices who, who disagree. Uh, too much of, of our college campuses have become kind of... Um, uh, I guess this uh, this idea of of a uh, of an echo chamber where everybody thinks the same, and if you think differently, you're you're kind of an outcast. We're trying to fix that as well. Um, helping people become more resilient and uh, a little less uh, you know a little less fragile when it comes to different ideas. Really helping to uh, to to uh, the the substance of the first amendment and, and what that actually means and 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 giving um some some power behind it uh, and, and then and then you will also be participating with the first spouses yeah it's going to be you know you and i and i've talked about this a lot like when we did our when we ran our first campaign you know for governor it's it really was this moment where we thought you know the the times that we felt most connected with our community, the times we felt most um, that that togetherness, that patriotism, that it's it's really when we're serving. It's when we're doing things. And, and there's a lot of, again, a lot of psychology and research around, um, and, and I've talked about this too, around mental health and and service and volunteerism. And what we found was that when we went around the state and did these service projects, it really did bring people together and people don't really care about your politics when you're serving together and lifting up your community and you're working on a goal together to, to make your, where you live a better place. And so we thought what we do along with this NGA initiative with the spouses is at each of these convenings, do a service project and really kind of talk about and, and model um, volunteerism as a way to depolarize and and so we we think it's going to work, and we think we're, it'll be great. And so we're going to at each of these convenings have um, the spouses and and others work on a project together. Either you know it'll probably be around a lot of our show up focus areas, teachers. One of the really fun things that we do, um, and we're we're working on. We'll see how it all comes together. But at our NGA winter meetings, the spouses usually do a service project at the White House, um, hosted by the first lady of the United States. And um, generally she's done stuff around military, but we're working on seeing if we can't do something around education because she and I from different political parties, but we certainly there's way there's places that we agree and there's common ground for us. And one of those is education and teachers and supporting teachers. And so we're working with the white house team and her team to figure out with the NGA again, to figure out um, a way to do a service project together that we in a space that we both, not that I don't agree with military. I love that too, but you know, she and I share this passion for education. And so I think it's going to be 
a really cool opportunity for the spouses to get involved as well. Yeah, it, it will be. And and as we've observed, and, and again, the science behind volunteerism and, and charitable giving and service is uh, is very clear that uh, when you're volunteering, it's hard to, to hate. And it's actually really good for your mental health. And so uh, it, it, volunteerism, community building is a great way to bring people together. And we're excited to uh, to be hosting bipartisan service projects in, in these different states that we visit. Again, we'll probably be visiting four states. We, we have a, a winter meeting in, in Washington, D.C. that we're um, very excited about and, uh, and just really looking forward to the, uh, the opportunity to bring people together, culminating, of course, uh, in, in our final convening, which will be in July of next year right here in, in the state of Utah. And uh, so the, the opportunity for us to bring governors out from, uh, from all over the country, Republicans and Democrats, to see the good things that are happening here. Uh, we, we're also working on some, some other big things that, that we can do here in, in July of next year to, to really showcase Utah. Again, I, I hope that the people listening to this um, understand how unique Utah is in this space, uh, that we're, we're not perfect. And we, we certainly make mistakes and we're, we're more polarized now than we've been in a long time. But compared to the rest of the country, we are significantly less polarized. And, and I think we were able to show that when, uh, when President Biden came here just, uh, just a week ago, we, we had a, a wonderful visit with him in which we were able to share uh, some of our disagreements and talk about the things that we disagreed, and uh, but but also some of our agreements, uh, some of the areas. Uh, he was very complimentary of our, our social media uh, bills that we passed here. Uh, again, uh, bipartisan. We had Democratic support, um, something that he would like to see done in Congress to hold these uh, social media companies accountable and uh, and help to improve the mental health of our young people. Uh, uh, so, so there is an opportunity, even when we we seriously disagreed, even when we campaign each against each other, to to find ways to do this better. So, um, I, I'm I'm optimistic. I know. I, look, I know we're not going to change the uh, we're not going to change overnight the entire country and uh, and this 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 toxic disagreement that we have right now. But we can uh, we can certainly model better behavior. My, I should also mention we're we're about to head into the you know. The, the most divisive election of our lifetimes, the next most divisive election. Uh, it seems like all of them are the most divisive until the next one. And what what uh, c- can we provide some counter programming? Uh, the feedback that we've gotten just so far, just from our, our launch video and the start of this has just been overwhelmingly positive. As you mentioned, so many people who are exhausted, they're they're tired of it. They're sick of it. They they hate that we hate each other, but we're not offering them any any other, you know, any other examples or or any other choices i i think as much as i would like this to just be everybody doing what's best for the country i think the way it succeeds is is for us to be able to prove that this is also really good politics and uh and that that people can get elected by uh by by treating their opponent with respect and dignity and uh and i i i actually believe that's true um we we saw a recent poll that showed that 75 percent of of people in this country wanted congress to actually uh work on problems together work across the aisle and that that gives me hope that there's a lot of us out there that that are hoping for better again not agreeing on everything uh and in fact disagreeing on a lot of very important things but but doing it the right way uh that that uh that builds up and and doesn't just destroy yeah absolutely 
Um, I want to continue this conversation and maybe get into some specific examples here in Utah and, and then kind of, you know, go from there and we'll do that when we come right back. We're back here on First Lady and Friends. I'm here with my dear husband, Spencer Cox, governor of Utah. Um, we're talking about uh, the NGA initiative around disagreeing better uh, for this year. We're also I, – I I love the idea because you know you and I, we, we love concrete examples. I think everybody loves to see this happen. We can talk about the theoretical. We can talk about – you know, yes, we want people to come together. When it comes down to it, it's really hard work. It's so much easier to write somebody off that you disagree with. And um, even in, you know, families, it's really tough. We um, we have kids that disagree with some of the stuff we do or talk about or how we approach things. And so um, it can be it can be really, really tough work. Um, I went, we, we were in Gettysburg and it's such an incredible place. And we were at the better angels conference. And again, this is a group who, who does this depolarization work, especially on college campuses, figuring out how to really debate, um, how to have a shared, uh, idea of how to talk to each other and, um, you know, really talk about ideas. It's, it's really important work that they're doing. And we were there and it was such an interesting night. Some people from Utah were there that, that a lot of us know. And we were, we'd come back from a long day and we were sitting in the lobby of the hotel, just kind of talking and in walks two dear friends of ours from very different political ideologies. And they had been there at the, at the better angels conference on a panel talking about how they disagree better. And they sat down and talked with us and gave us an example of, of one thing that had happened that just blew me away and kind of made me emotional because I, it's something I'm not good at. I am a voider. I don't like conflict, so I avoid. And so for some, for them to take this issue head on and talk about it and really live what they're talking about was so powerful to me. So I want you to tell the story. Well, l- let me just be very clear for uh, for your listeners. Um, Abby doesn't avoid all conflict. Uh, I, just, <laughs> I am a bit of an avoider, though. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, like with, some places I just don't go with with people outside of uh, of your home. But uh, there's, oh, there's yeah. a, a little bit of conflict on occasion, just rare occasions. I just, I just, just put with that you. Out there. Is that what you're saying? Uh, with our 16 year old daughter, maybe. But, well, uh, that it's, too. It's, there's plenty of conflict to go around. Um, that being said, yes. So we, we were at this hotel and. and and it was fun uh, to to see. So um, Paul Edwards, uh, who works for the, the Wheatley Institute at BYU, uh, he was formerly with uh, Governor Herbert. He was Governor Herbert's uh, director of communications, uh, and and I, so I got to work very closely with him there. And and he was there because of some uh, to talk about some some very important policy things that happened in our state where different sides came together to to solve problems. He was also there uh, with with Troy Williams, who most of you will know from me. 
Equality Utah, the uh, one of the leading advocacy groups for the LGBTQ community here in the state. And so he he and Troy had been on kind of opposite sides of some some su- subjects, some some policy, but uh, they, they talked about the the kind of the grand compromise that happened here in, in Utah several years ago when it comes around uh, when it comes to religious freedom and uh, LGBTQ protections in in housing and uh, and employment. And they, they again something impossible that was dividing the nation. Utah found a way to come together. Uh, we we lovingly refer to that as the Utah way. Doesn't always work, but when it does, it's it's pretty powerful. And uh, and so they were there to do that and 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 talk about that. And and we had lots of discussions, lots of examples of of kind of Republicans going into blue uh, areas and and uh, and and being willing to have hard conversations. And 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 then the opposite. And and Troy still told a, a fascinating story. I think this is probably what you're referring to, of uh, of taking his group to the um, the, the state Republican convention. Uh, and I, I was there. I, I saw them there. I didn't get a chance to and talk to them. And for those that have never been to a state convention, it can be very, um, there's, there's sometimes a lot of conflict. There. Sure. Yeah. I, I, and, again, it's, and so it can be, people get it's, pretty excited about their issues. You, you have delegates there who care deeply about their issues. Um, usually uh, very passionate uh, representatives who have been chosen to be delegates. These are people who are willing to give up, you know, six or seven, eight, ten hours on a on a Saturday uh, to to go to a convention and uh, and represent the the people in their neighborhoods. And and that's true whether you go to a Democratic convention or a Republican convention. And 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 they're picking candidates, and so you're picking sides, right? So this is a this is an area that is ripe for conflict. And um, of course, uh, now you're 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 bringing in uh, the someone from the LGBTQ community now they've set up a booth very un- unusual in in this in this situation very unexpected and uh, and again likely to be very hostile and uh, it, it was fascinating to me just to hear the stories uh, of them and, and their willingness to approach things in a depolarizing way not there to fight not there to contend but there to to listen and, and learn from each other and and that's when we talk about how to do this work there are some skill sets that are that, that I think are very important and Troy Troy talked about those I, I you know I was fascinated by it that was really interesting that as people came up to kind of confront them and and to you know were angry and, and and even some people that were yelling with them who who after they engaged left in a very different mindset and uh, and he shared some of those principles and again th- this is the the power of persuasion and the power of getting to know people but it really is about listening and being curious um, trying to find out why someone believes what they believe not in a condescending way not 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 in a you know not in a in a way that where you think you're better than them or you're convinced they're just evil and you're not willing to listen but but in a probing and truly curious way um, uh, you know help me understand why why you think that tell me more about why you think that and what you find is that that generally, not always, and there are some bad actors out there on the left and some bad actors on the right, but generally, most of us, when you get down to it, we love our family, we love our country, we love our community, we want to make it a better place, we just think there are different ways to do that. And uh, and and we probably have some misperceptions about the the other side. And and so uh, anyway, I, I I just I just had to applaud them for their their willingness to do that. Again, he did say that there was you know a couple of people who came in just fired up and yelling at them and left with a hug. 
you know, when it was over. And and that's uh, that's a perfect example of of the way this initiative is is supposed to work. And and certainly, again, for for my conservative friends, my colleagues, uh, I hope we'll take these opportunities as well. Um, in, instead of just demonizing, um, stepping into those situations that may be uncomfortable at first, but trying to understand, and and in so doing, again, trying to persuade, helping other people uh, understand. You know, I I had an opportunity. I was on. Uh, which was it? Meet the press, face the nation. I can't remember one of those. Uh, it was face the nation, and and you know where we, um, where I was, you know, asked some very difficult and 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 kind of uh, uh, provocative, I think, questions, and uh, and and just being able to respond with, with kindness, but but again with actual facts. And uh, and helping to to uh, to to explain my point of view when when you give someone that opportunity and the dignity of sharing their view with with you, um, they're far more likely, far more likely to give you the same the same dignity and the same opportunity to turn around and, and share your position with them. And so I, I thought that was an interesting example. There there we had a, a conservative, uh, you know, from BYU. We had uh, a representative from the LGBTQ community who was who were there, and they were. They were on stage together talking about uh, about disagreeing better and finding common ground. I think my favorite thing that Troy, you talk about skills. I think my favorite thing that he said, and I just, I think if we use this in every conversation, every tough conversation we had, it, it's just so powerful. But what Troy said is he he always he always gives the person he's having this conversation with the last work, the last word. Give me, he'll say, now let me give you the last word, and you tell me exactly what you want to. Again, that, that shows a tremendous amount of dignity and respect, and, and the person leaves that conversation feeling like, oh, I was heard, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, and and I respect that person. Again, we maybe disagree, maybe you know, maybe we do agree, maybe there are some things we can agree on, but but I don't, you know, you don't leave that conversation saying I hate that person, yeah. uh, and, and maybe you thought you did when you when you entered. Yeah, I think um, again, my one of my favorite phrases is it's hard to hate up close. I mean, some people can do it. <laughs> it's true. It, it, it is possible, but, but generally, the more we get the to generally, yeah, the more we get to know someone, and uh, the, the we find out we're we're more similar than we thought. Yeah, for sure. You and I like to read. We like to study. You're, um, you read a lot of articles and a lot of books about different things. Tell, let's talk a little bit about what's been. What's maybe on your mind right now? What's maybe somebody that you're really, I mean, there's certain people that are doing kind of this research. And so you've been reading a lot about uh, different things and from different people. What are some of those that you've been particularly honing in on? Yeah, well, there were two books that that I've mentioned before that really influenced me and and have kind of led me down this path in in powerful ways. Um, One of them is... uh, is Senator Ben, former Senator Ben Sass, who is now the, the president of the University of Florida, who will be playing our Utes here at mm-hmm. the University of Utah in a couple <laughs> of weeks. Uh, a good friend, uh, somebody I, I deeply care about. He wrote a book a, a few years ago called Them, uh, T-H-E-M. It's, it's Why We Hate Each Other and How to Heal. Uh, that, a very important book, one I recommend. And another one is is uh, one that, that I love, one that 
our cabinet has read and, and, and one that I, I actually bought a copy for every legislator to, to read as well. And uh, it, it's called A Time to Build. And uh, it's, it's, it's one, of my, one of my favorite books. It's, uh, it's by Yuval Levin, uh, who is with the American Enterprise Institute. It, it's about institutions and how important institutions are and, and, and the decay of institutions in our country and how we need to rebuild them and reinstall re, uh, trust in those institutions. It's, it's a must read. Uh, I highly recommend that. Um, o- over the last few weeks, uh, you, you and I have, have both spent a lot of time with uh, the Brooks brothers, even though they're not related at all. Um, <laughs> Arthur Brooks and David Brooks, uh, no relationship, both uh, wonderful human beings and, and uh, great authors. Uh, Arthur Brooks has, spends a lot of time in Utah. Um, he uh, He's a fellow at the University of Utah. He's come and presented to our cabinet. You had him at your teacher's conference. He was just phenomenal, and the teachers were ago. blown away with, with his messages as well. Yeah, he's doing great work in this space and, and has been a mentor and, and very encouraging to us as, as we work. One of one of my favorite books uh, that, that he wrote is called... Um, well, you wrote the conservative heart. Uh, that's that's more for for conservatives, uh, but but again, one I think everyone should should read. Um, his his the book I'm thinking of is Love Your Enemies, and uh, Love Your Enemies is a, just an incredible book. It's all about depolarization. It's about uh, finding common ground and, and and again dignity and respect and and what that does for happiness and and for for policy. Um, but but. Uh, and then I would just add, David Brooks uh, has been on fire uh, the the last uh, the last little while. Just uh, I, I've shared on on my social media on on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it today. Uh, his his articles. He has had another big one in the Atlantic that uh, that that I highly recommend this this past week. And uh, and again, he's talking about. I, I think I can't remember the title is something about how we how we became mean or how you know the United States became mean. And, and he really talks about the history and. And the loss of respect that we we have for people and institutions, kind of what caused it, how we ended up here, and some ideas about how to fix it. But the, there was something. Oh, and I would also add Jonathan Haidt to that list. Jonathan Haidt does a lot of work uh, around uh, around social media. We've used him on that as well. But his other area of study is is about polarization in our country and, and where we're headed. He wrote a, a, an Atlantic article several months ago that I also loved. Uh, that uh, that was about. Um, about the the same topic and 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 where we're headed is like the dumbest decade or something like that uh and and what what in this Brooks he actually quotes uh Jonathan Haidt and he 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 talks about this this idea that um that communities uh, healthy communities like ours um depolarized and and working communities like we have here in the state of Utah are um are are, are very fragile they're they're very hard to build and they're easy to destroy and and I think that's what we're seeing across the country it's what I don't want to happen here in 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 our state um the the Utah way our ability to work together our ability to see dignity in each other even when we disagree um how difficult that will be if 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 we uh if we destroy that how hard it is to rebuild it. It's easy to destroy, hard to build, and it takes all of us uh, making a difference there. You know, I, and and uh, honestly, I'm I'm reading the founding fathers again. I'm going back to the back to the beginning, and it's fascinating to see uh, Alexander Hamilton and and George Washington 
and uh, and and Thomas Jefferson and others talking about the, the kind of the the natural man and and how predisposed we are to uh, to to this folly, the, this this idea of faction, which is just another word for partisanship. And and uh, George Washington warned about this over and over and over again, uh, how how it could tear us apart if we're and 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 they actually built these institutions to help prevent that from happening because they knew that we were imperfect individuals but these institutions would help us force us to come together and uh, and sadly that's not happening as much anymore and so i i've gone back to them a group of people who disagreed vehemently uh who were passionately disagreed but 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 came together on these profound ideas that um that all of us are created equal which which again was revolutionary literally and uh and that we are endowed with certain unalienable uh, rights um, they don't come from government they come from on high from our creator and and among those rights are life liberty and the pursuit of happiness and and that that idea being the only nation that was founded on an idea protecting that idea we cannot protect that idea again if we're if we're hating each other tearing each other apart as, as our friend tim often says uh there's nothing more un-american than than hating our fellow americans and that's that's the message that we're trying to uh we're trying to understand uh, and and to uh to share yeah, and and honestly, you know, Jonathan Haidt, he actually wrote an article recently around um, the polarization in our in our classrooms and how it's destroying, uh, you know, teachers' abilities to do their to do their jobs. And and I thought that was really powerful, obviously, for for me to think about. But I also think all these things that we're talking about, all the things that we're seeing. We want to change hearts and minds. We want people to come together. Again, we're not all going to agree, but we need to be able to move our country forward. Um, the other, the other thing that I find um, urgent about this conversation is that our children are watching adults behaving so terribly to each other. They're growing up in a world where they think this is normal behavior. They think this is how life operates, that we, that hate is a currency that we, that, that we um, have here. And, and to me, that's the most disheartening thing. Um, I think you and I probably grew up in a world that was less contempt. There was less um, polarization and, for us to see our children and, the, you know, for me to look across the state and see all these children looking at social media, looking at the news, watching, uh, you know, uh, even cable news and watching people scream at each other. To me, that's heartbreaking because in our home, we're trying to lessen the contempt, um, despite what you just said about me. Uh, but we're trying to I mean, I think all of us are as parents don't want our kids to fight. We don't want contempt in our homes. We don't want meanness. We want our kids to be kind to each other. We want our kids to be kind to other people. And if they see a world where that's the only way to get you what you want, that's the only way to operate is is through meanness, through contempt, through um, vitriol, I, I think that leads us to a place that is really really destructive for our children and for our future. So I love I love this idea that we can maybe make a change and I hope everybody is on board with us. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um look, you know, if you if you were 12 years old when uh when the the 2016 election happened, 
right? That, that's, that's kind of all you know. You assume that, that this is what politics is about and this is the way we treat each other. We're, we're seeing it, again, not just in politics. It's bleeding over into lots of different areas. Um, I, I hear it all the time from, uh, from just you know, restaurants, uh, the, the way that waiters and waitresses are being treated. We, we've given uh, kind of permission to treat each other with, with disrespect and, and to tear each other apart. Um, our, our hope is that we can, again, pro- provide some counter-programming to, to that as we head into the most divisive election of our, our lifetime and, uh, and and that we can give permission to people to treat each other with with kindness and, and respect again and I think those permission structures matter again the uh, the, the, the research tells us that that it matters and uh, it, it's it's incumbent on all of us to do that all of us um, to to get back to where we were to remember how to uh, disagree the the right way and uh, I, I I'm, I'm actually very hopeful I, I really am I'm hopeful because I live in Utah because I'm surrounded by so many people that are doing this as we get out of the pandemic, as we're as we're getting back to normal, people are starting to remember uh, how important these lessons are uh, to treat each other with with dignity, even though we disagree. Um, how, but but again, not I, I want to be clear about this. It's not about not disagreeing either. It's not that we have to just go along. Like there are forces that 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 are evil. There are bad things happening in our country, and we should stand up for those bad things, and we should be willing to do that. Uh, but but remember that uh that 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 perception gap um it's not true that everyone on the other side thinks those very extreme things and uh, as soon as we start lumping people into that we'll never convince them uh to uh, to to do better and uh i actually want to win some elections too i think that's really important and uh, we can't do that if we're just uh, if we're just constantly tearing the other side down yep i love it and so i think it's i think for each of us you know look look at yourself be take an honest look at yourself and and the way you uh, speak to other people the way you think about other people from you know the other side of whatever political ideology social media the way you media. post about other people your replies you don't have to say it as the lieutenant governor Deidre Henderson always says it's a great life lesson for me if it feels good don't don't post it yeah don't <laughs> yeah don't don't you, and let's get those kiddos off social media absolutely <laughs> and ourselves too so thank you for coming in with me hey Appreciate anytime it. literally like we you know I'm, I'm always around uh, if, if you ever need anything are you though? I, well it's a great excuse to uh, get you on my calendar and yeah. uh I love hanging out with you. Uh, Thanks, love.